previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. You guys are standing on the threshold of this ballroom, and hanging from the chandelier is the circlet of the Diadem Exorius. A tiefling woman steps in front of you and says, I would like to welcome each and every one of you to the Alistair family party. My name is Dalvia. Uh, she does turn slightly. So I'm going to activate my staff of invisibility at this point. She takes Abe's hand. Oh. I know that your friend's name is Jet, and I know that he is no longer with us. I want to warn you, it'll turn into a ballroom blitz if Jet gets his hands on that circlet. I've seen this day coming. How do you see the future? While you're asking her these questions, Jet, where have you gone? I am tying a rope across the pillars here so that I can just kind of like shimmy over to the chandelier. You grab the circlet. You hear a cry from down below. Guards! Someone is trying to steal the chandelier! And they attack you. Alrighty. I want to cast Grease. Is our real goal here to fight these guys or to stop Jet from actually getting away from this and ending the world, probably? So you say that you've had these dreams, Dalvia. What happens next? I don't know what happens next. More guards appear under where Jet had been standing, and they're going to shoot their crossbows. What I want to do is take my staff of composition, turn it into like an Indiana Jones whip, and then swing myself from the tightrope. Ambionitis and Prothean, you are going to feel compelled to drop your weapons. I'm going to take the lull, flip up my eye patch, and use some true sight. Trying to at least figure out where Jet is right now. Everyone, the thief escaping with a piece of the chandelier is behind the orchestra. Jet, out of the corner of your eye, you see another tiefling. He is holding a gem to his eye, points at you, and shouts, Musicians, knock him out! And they're all going to lay upon Jet with their instruments and knock him out. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Brad Richards. Fuck. Paul, what is The Rock's favorite finishing move to use on your forehead? The people's elboner. <laughs> uh, Ben Renfro. This podcast is rated E for everyone, as in everyone has permission to drag their boner across Paul's <laughs> face. <laughs> Do you drag a boner? So we've graduated just from balls to boners. <laughs> yes. You're now at the shaft. Eventually you'll get to the head. Um, so are we dragging boners or just slapping, slapping them with boners. them? Okay, you drag so, nuts and slap boners. All right. So everyone can slap Paul's face with their boners. Nice. Nice execution. This is, uh, this is grade A evolution. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Survival uh, of the fittest, damn it. <laughs> this, is like, this is like using an element stone in Pokemon and realizing that the, ev- the evolved Pokemon is worse than <laughs> no no this is like um going from getting balls dragged on your forehead to being slapped in the head with the underside of shafts hard shafts because they're boners matt smith what do the five fingers say to paul's face slap 
<laughs> also, five fingers is what I call my my boner. <laughs> Brad Renfro. What's gray weighs about five hundred pounds and drags along the bottom of the ocean. Moby's dick. You mean Moby's boner? Slapping on Paul's forehead. Oh yeah, it uh breaches the water and then just slaps him. Whales tails on Paul's Ooh, forehead. And it comes down tails. like like whales do, and they're like like that full length whales girth just onto the surface of the water. But surface of the water is code word for Paul's forehead. <laughs> and Eric Nemeth. So I just want to I want all of our fans to know we're going into a tattoo parlor next week. We're all getting Prince Alberts. Paul's getting two. <laughs> one in him and one on his forehead. A toast. <laughs> Team building. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about improvements. I, I, I am very confident and proud of the way that my body is right now. Never settle, Paul. Never settle. You know what we don't settle on is making an awesome D&D 5th edition actual play podcast. Yeah, that never happens. We don't settle. Never settle. Did that segue even make any sense? Not really. No, they never do. <laughs> don't settle. I guess the, uh, the yeah. So the, the moral of the story is don't settle, and here we go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any good transition. Last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast, the adventurers, Ambionitis, Brixius, Hammerbottom, Jet, like the plane, Abe, Van Halen, and Prothean Greymane came up through the wine cellar of the Alistair family manor, wound up in the ballroom, and came across a tiefling female named Dalvia. And she said, I've seen, I've had dreams of what's to come, and I know that Jet shouldn't get the uh, circlet hanging from the chandelier. Well, as she's saying that, he went invisible and grabbed it, which caused the whole chandelier to move. People noticed, and it turned into a ballroom blitz. Long story short, um, Jet was knocked out. We lost. <laughs> Epically lost. Long story short, you lost. Uh, Jet got knocked out. Brixius and Abe, I believe, are still able to wield their weapons. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I was able to. But Ambionitis and Prothean had a sudden urge to drop them and surrender. Which goes against my religion, so I would never do that. I'm trying to figure out. You said we lost, but who lost? Because our goal was to stop Jet. So technically, Jet lost, but everybody else is doing all, all right as of now, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. That's also very that true. Also, that guy that got absolutely wrecked by uh, Ambionitis' Warhammer. He probably lost also. But other than that, yeah, I think everyone else is more or less on the same page. There were few losers, many winners. Also, I want to point out how shitty this party must be if a chandelier moved a little bit and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, this is a bad party. Well, it's definitely a bad party now because everybody has run from the room and uh, except for those people that had been attacking you who were... Andy, Mick, Brian, and Steve, and they had laid down their weapons, and then the crossbowmen under the tightrope where Jet had climbed up to seal the chandelier piece, Dalvia, and then another tiefling who had been holding up a gemstone to his eye and who had spoken a word of power that had caused Jet to be stunned. The Skyrim shouted at me. <laughs> Puss, Roda! He just called you a bitch. And it, it stunned you into inaction. So 
picking up literally right where we left off, the mage hand of Brixius comes right back to him and hands him his uh, hand axe that he took from Siren, and the tiefling that had skidded to a halt in the center of the room and pointed up at Jet now turns on the four of you that are still conscious and says, Oh, lay down your weapons. Oh, I will not. <laughs> that uh, really added to it. That really convinced me to lay down my weapons. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't holding a weapon. I just had my shield out. Yeah, I think that's all were... I had too was a shield yeah. out. I don't think I ever drew my warhammer, so... Because these, these sacks shit here, and I want to point to Andy, Steve, and the rest, were uh, threatening us with bodily harm and swinging wildly. You had more than your shield out. You uh, wand of good-timed people. That's you... not a weapon. It, looks, it just looks like a sex toy. <laughs> it's a weapon. TSA won't let you fly with them, trust me. I got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's like in Bruno. What do you do if he comes at you with two dildos and his penis? Have a great time, that's what. I shove my wand of good times back into my crotch so it just looks like, you know, I'm having a good time. Enough! <laughs> you are going to follow us into uh, our interrogation room and then we're going to find out what your friend wanted to do with our chandelier. Sounds like you should just interrogate the friend. <laughs> Why is he even assuming we're in a party together when we weren't by him and we helped stop him? What makes you think I'm <laughs> friends with this guy? Hey, Tiefling, is your name Jeff Copperbloom? No. Because <laughs> you sure sound like him. <laughs> no. My name is Hexor. And he sweeps back his long like he's got the type of haircut where it's all really long in the front and it gets swept straight back and he sweeps his hair back and goes I'm one of the Alistairs and you're obviously associated with that man in the gallery because you're all dressed like commoners why was I attacked because you're also underdressed you're dressed like a commoner that's it I can't even draw my sword right now. Wow. I don't know what to do. You have... You are compelled to surrender. I don't know what to do in this situation. I can't put my hand on my sword. I have these papers? (laughs) (laughs) Dalvia comes up from the corner and says, Exor, be kind to them. Let us take them to the interrogation room, but be kind to them. And he says... Oh, says the girl in the corner who lets no one ignore her because she thinks she's the passionate one. Oh, yeah! But you guys going to interrogate us how? Waterboarding? Keel hauling? Do you have a boat? Oh, nothing like that. Cock and ball torture? We're just going to talk to you. Where's the fun in this? Oh, don't worry. There'll be plenty of fun. Oh, yeah! So it is cock and ball torture. Yes, daddy. <laughs> The guards now stand up, they sheathe their weapons, and they come around to with ropes to bind all of you. Uh, two of you are compelled to surrender, uh, Abe and Ben, or Abe and Brixius. Do you submit to the ropes? Yeah, fine, whatever. I was going to say, I'm typically not submissive. Can I... I'll, I'll come willingly. Is that fine? Yeah, Abe's just into that shit. <laughs> Uh, Dalvia says, it's only for precautions. Oh, okay. I, I guess I let it happen then. She she walks up and uh, pats you on the shoulder and gives you a wink. I shoot her some finger guns. 
and just smile, I guess. And then uh, they lead you from the ballroom. Uh, Hexor is out in front, and Dalvia is alongside him. You have guards on either side of you, and then three of them are carrying Jet. You go back down the hallway that you came through, bypassing the kitchen, and then you go down a spiral stone staircase. As you're descending, it's getting colder and colder, and they wind up opening out into a circular room with ten different cell doors, and they are half wood, half iron bars, and they place one of you in each of those cells, and they close the door and then lock it. And again, Dalvia says, Now don't worry, this is purely for your protection. Can I do a deception check or an insight to see if we can actually... So kind of coming back to our previous session, like to make sure like she's like, you can trust us. Can I kind of tie that in to see if I actually believe that we can trust her and to believe that this is also just for our protection right now? Uh, yeah, you can roll an insight to see if her motives are true. 24. You believe that she is actually very trustworthy, but you don't really see how the, the cell doors are supposed to be for your protection. Okay but you trust her. Okay, cool. As the last cell door clangs shut, Hexer goes, Oh, yeah! Now the fun's gonna start. I'm ready. We're gonna do take a finger to show you serious. Stab us a couple times, put us in an Iron Maiden. Come on, you're being an amateur right now. I'm just smiling with my creepy smile, staring him dead in the eyes. All the closet doors open, just a army of greased-up dwarves come in. <laughs> <laughs> It's fight to the death. Hi-ho! Um, no. We're not going to torture you. At least we're not going to. What I found out in my experience, when you get put into a cell, if you put people in a cell, take a finger with one of them, eat it while laughing in front of them. They normally give up all the information pretty quickly. Prothean, are you asking our new friends here to eat our fingers? I'm giving tips. I'm helping. (laughs) Helping them... By eating our fingers. They're being amateurs. They need to learn how to do this properly. Don't worry. Just pull out all my teeth first, and then I'll talk. It's about (laughs) being professional, and professionals have standards. Yeah. Reverse psychology with torturing. It's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Start by stabbing me. (laughs) That'll really get me talking. (laughs) Every time they do something, just go, (laughs) Ninja Brian, is that a knife? Oh, yeah, it's a knife. I can tell by the way it's stabbing me. (laughs) Um, Once you guys are in the cells... You sudden, uh, so Ambionitis and um, Prothean, you no longer feel compelled to surrender. I'm going to charge the door and try to smash it down. Yeah, go ahead and give me an athletics check. Natural 20. Oh, uh, <laughs> the door does not budge. <laughs> about to regret that. <laughs> I'm taking a test to it. Yeah, I see it. It's natural 20. Um, yeah, you throw your weight at that door. You find out it was never actually locked. <laughs> yeah, no, you burst straight through the door. Do I see any weapons or anything I can grab? If not, I'm going to pick up part of the door and try to use it. Like I'm assuming it's like a metal like prison door. I'm assuming since I knocked it down. It's half. The top half are metal bars, and then the bottom half is wood. So you bust it out of its frame. And I didn't specify, but they have relieved you of your weapons uh, before they put you in your cells. So you don't have anything readily at hand. They took away all your weapons before putting you in there. For your protection. 
Well, if I can't get it to a weapon, I'm just gonna lunge at him time to use inflict wounds. Straight for the throat like always. I think it's good that we got caught in this situation because it's the owners of the house who own the circlet, who have us separated from the party now so we can talk to them, and they're helping us stop Jed, so... Yes, because... These guys are friends <laughs> right now, to me, at least. <laughs> they forced me to surrender. That is against my religion. Well, we don't know who exactly did that. I'm not that smart. So, um, as you barrel out, Hexor lifts his finger. <laughs> he just flips you off. <laughs> <laughs> Prothean, when you erupt from the cell and you glance around for something to wield, and you don't see anything other than the door readily at hand, and you decide that inflict wounds would be the best option, go ahead and roll initiative just to see who gets this first. 18. Uh, Hexor rolled a 19, and Dalvia rolled a 15. You just couldn't wait for them to walk out of the room. No. <laughs> now let me ask <laughs> you this. I don't back route. down from a fight. Eric, did you roll a natural 18? Yeah. Oh, crap, I didn't add anything. It should just be your dexterity. 21. Okay, you still go first. See, that, that makes a difference. Don't yeah. forget to add in your numbers there. I'm going to lunge at his throat. And so I'm bringing up my spell book right now, which I probably should have done a little bit ago. It's been a while since I actually landed one of these. Is this dude also a tiefling? Yes, they're both tieflings. Um, he has the the long swept back hair and he has horns that come out near his temples and sweep back. They're not huge, but they're more pronounced than Dalvia's are. And he has the same russet red complexion that is just less red and more just leaning towards dark skin tone. Um, and his teeth are sharp, but they're not fangs. So both of them, you can tell, have kind of the tiefling lineage has deteriorated or been watered down throughout the years. There's a 13 hit. A 13, it does not hit. Damn it. Pulse a quick, let me add a couple uh, dexterity points to his score. A five or six. <laughs> so he will react next, and he grabs your the sides of your head, and he is going to speak some words that you don't understand, and I need you to make a intelligence saving throw. Oh, I'm screwed. That's a six. I'm not even going to add anything, but I'm screwed. <laughs> so what he just cast on you was Feeble Mind. <laughs> you blast the mind of a creature that you can see within range, attempting to shatter its intellect and personality. The target takes 46 psychic damage and must make the intelligence saving throw, so... Aha, but he has advantage because he has no mind to shatter as it is. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's got a personality, though, and he's trying to shatter that as well. Could you imagine Prothean while his personality? He might be a good travel companion. <laughs> <laughs> he's just really, like, calm and, like, relaxed all the time. Just always doing his duty. <laughs> like, oh, hey, guys, how's, how's it going? I just pictured him having, like, a liar. He just plays the same sad song. So you're going to take, uh, you're going to take 17 psychic damage, and then because you failed your intelligence save, <laughs> your intelligence and charisma scores become one. <laughs> <laughs> For how long? You you can't cast spells, activate magic items, understand language, or communicate in any intelligible intelligible way. Uh, you can, however, identify friends, follow them, and even protect them. At the end of every thirty days, the creature can repeat its saving throw against this spell. God <laughs> damn! 
Protheans walking around. <laughs> so basically, we're not even going to notice. Yeah, well, he can't talk. <laughs> yeah. Prothean, he look as good as ever. He's just going <laughs> to still be trying to kill people. He's still not saying anything. Still going to have the same, like, smile, but just like a silent <laughs> tear goes down his face because he just can't communicate. <laughs> God damn. Days. <laughs> Dalvia is going to swear profusely, Hexor, always, always with the most obnoxious, over-the-top spells that you can possibly think of, isn't it? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a... It's gonna make for an interesting podcast show make for going forward. <laughs> three episodes is what it's gonna make, because that's how long 30 days is gonna be here. Uh, yeah, Hexor he goes, fails it. <laughs> Hexor says, well, it worked, didn't it? Now we can put him back. <laughs> Not cool, man. <laughs> Not cool. <laughs> Don't worry. There are ways that we can fix him. Can you teach me that one? I need a new spellcasting teacher. He looks you up and down and just goes, Ha! <laughs> yeah, ha ha. Where does he go? <laughs> so, I said, Ha! I'll tell you what. You <laughs> teach me magic, and I'll teach you how to fight. No need to worry about that. And he withdraws his quarterstaff, which you can see shimmers with power, and he's spinning it almost as well as Jet does. And he says, don't worry. And he puts the staff on the ground, and you can feel a slight tremor in the earth. I've already got that covered. I'm just gonna, ah, got him. I'm just going to take a step <laughs> back here, because I can't get the image out of my mind when uh, Prothean's mind got, like, enfeebled. I can just imagine his eyes going like how Brixius's are. <laughs> we just look at Prothean and look back to Brixius and back to Prothean and we're like, oh my god, this is how you are all the time. <laughs> how long have you been failing this, Brixius? <laughs> the demon that slaughtered your family cast feeble mind on you before it left and you've just been like this. <laughs> I'm just gonna go a little over and start licking into the wall. <laughs> Friend. <laughs> Delvia takes you by the arm and leads you into back into your cell, and uh, she casts mending on the door so that it goes back into its frame. And she goes back to the center of the room and stands there with her hands in front of her and says, All right, Hexor, this is my territory now. So you sit there and you be quiet. Oh, you think that you know everything, don't you, little sister? He talks like an anime character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get you out. Ah! <laughs> I'm still just thinking a wall right now. And she she responds, Yes, Hexor, when it comes to speaking with people, I do know everything. Unlike you. You're always bash and grab, aren't you? Only when it's needed. <laughs> kind of talks like the boulder. The boulder never <laughs> listens. <laughs> That's what it is. Boulder is conflicted about fighting a little girl. <laughs> the boulder is no longer conflicted. Um, so Dalvia walk, slowly starts pacing around the, the cell and says, So. Also, she clicks her, her fingers and, um, Jet, you, if you weren't already awake, you are definitely awake now and you have some healing. How much healing? Seven HP. You did say some, I guess. First of all, what brings you to the Alistair Manor? Is she talking to me? I'm talking to any of you. Don't all talk at once. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> can, can you? So I, I saw what you did to that door with that mending thing. Can you do that to his head? <laughs> or maybe his eyes? I will in a moment. Okay. We were inspecting the walls, and we ended up in the basement. So we came upstairs to the party. That's our foreman whose uh, mind you just shattered. Oh, real quick, is there anything to sell, uh, sell with me? No, there's nothing in the cell with you. So it's really just an empty cell? Yes. Not even a poop bucket? No. Savages. Savages, savages. Just like one of those, how did you get here? And I'm going to start at the very beginning. Well, you see, me and my brother here were born, and then our parents were murdered by this demon. <laughs> we went to the city, and I give the entire life story of us and bring it up to present day. And now we're right here. <laughs> Completely honest about everything. <laughs> Are you actually going to do that? Hmm. Well, I want to I wanna hear the answer first to what I had initially said about wandering through the walls because we were doing work, and we ended up in the basement. Because that is all true. She looks at you quizzically and says, That doesn't seem quite right. Because in my visions, and she keeps pacing, she says, In my visions, I saw the five of you, and there were goblins, there was a mighty war, and there was the face of Helleros. She's been listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you DSB lover? <laughs> I must know. <laughs> I'm going to solve this chewing on my cape. <laughs> I giggle. In addition to the face of Helleros, the five faces of his visage, I also saw darkness and flames roiling in the center. And that's when I saw the actions that happened today. I saw Jet and I saw him taking the circlet from the chandelier, and then I saw the war again. All right, Dalvia, I can answer all your questions here. So the reason you saw goblins is my brother is said king of goblins. So uh, that's the first part. She turns to Ambionice and says, you're the king of the goblins? Uh, king of goblin these nuts. <laughs> no comment, but yes. He's just a very tall goblin. <laughs> and how does one become king of the goblins? Well, that's a very By good question. the old Lion King's ass. <laughs> so to answer her question, I go through the entire timeline from when our parents were murdered <laughs> all the way through specifically the seven layers of that fucking hell circle and then how we got here. Do you tell her about the flashback? She doesn't need to know that. No. Okay. But you do tell her everything else. Yes. You said what? Your visions didn't tell you how I became king of the goblins? And uh, do you tell her about the Diademic Zorius? Yes. <laughs> okay. My magic eight ball says check back later. <laughs> At this point, when, when you finish, Hexor goes, Well, that was a very long story to get to the answer that we needed. But what you're saying is that this circle thing... This might be my new that... favorite character of yours. <laughs> that your companion stole from our chandelier is called the Diadem Exorius, and that it is important in history and towards saving the world? Uh, no. Yes. No, you missed something. See, the reason is, and I start from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> 
of Abe's involvement in the group. <laughs> and I retell the entire story exactly as uh, yeah, I used as to work Ambionitis had said it. Yeah, I used to work for this guy named Dosh, you see. So kind of a prick. <laughs> I look at Guy and say, yes, Mr. Spock, everything is exactly the way you just said. <laughs> He's making fire <laughs> engine noises over there. Who the fuck used to do that? Is that him saying he's concerned about something? There was a kid in high school who used to run around going, fire trucks go, rare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was, like, mentally challenged either. I think he was just fucking weird. Dalvia says, I can assure you that this circlet, and she holds it up, this circlet has no properties of which you claim it to have. You see, not by itself. It needs to be combined with the soul of Sargonis in order to have those properties. If it doesn't do anything, then why was it such a big deal for me to have it? Well, you're... Because we just don't like you to have things. Jet. No, 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 no. Jet, she jet, said jet. that. You don't know this. But I'm no, talking to her. I snowfall shirk and jet and kill him. You don't <laughs> have it. I do. It's hidden in my leg warmers. <laughs> They relieved you of your weapons. But Hexor gets up in Jet's face and says, Because you stole from my family. That's what I was trying to tell Jesus you. Jesus Christ. Since when did Bill Shatner get in the fucking game? <laughs> Dalvia says, I can assure you that there is no hidden combination, combinatorial magic with this with this ring. And she passes her hand over it and uh, casts Identify. Seaweed. 50% C, 50% weed. Plankton, 1% evil, 99% hot gas. <laughs> I'm going to take my pants off. And she says, I've just cast Identify on this, which will allow me to learn its properties and how to use them. So I can assure you that the only thing that exists within this circlet is there is an illusion over the, the ring. I'm not quite sure what that means. Is there an illusion that there's no uh, no other properties? Here, let me show you. And she um, traces some of the runes on the exterior of the ring. And as she does so, it lights up. It glows a lurid green color. And then you see the runes on the exterior fade. There is a line of text that appears on the interior with... Um, pictograms on the exterior. Holy and shit. she holds it up and says, here, look. It's a podcast. This is our podcast. And this episode came out on time with your DM, Paul Camper. Thank you all for continuing to listen to our podcast. We are thrilled to have you here, and we are very excited about the upcoming projects we've been working on. There's the upcoming Patreon, which is tentatively scheduled to launch with our Quarter Quell episode, aka episode 75. We've got new Instagram posts that Ben is spearheading to help you with your gaming sessions. And then there are the other ideas slowly gestating in the backs of our minds, some still in their infancy. So stay tuned, and we'll update you as new things come along. The best way to get the freshest Death Saving Bros news is to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. 
You can find us on any of those platforms with the same handle, at Death Saving Bros. We also have a presence on redbubble.com, where you can pick up swag like t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, and more. Again, all you have to do is search Death Saving Bros, and you'll find our merch. Finally, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Aside from telling your friends and family about our show, leaving a review is the best way to spread the word about the podcast. And your review will get read on the air. If you've been closely paying attention to the music this episode, you may have noticed it is significantly more atmospheric than what we typically go for. Just goes to show the incredible versatility of the tabletop music Will Savino is creating through his Music D20 project on Patreon. For as little as $2 per month at patreon.com slash musicd20, you can listen and download dozens of amazing tracks for yourself or your campaigns, including the theme created especially for this podcast, Principium. New music is posted multiple times per month, and sometimes there are even bonus RPG materials like maps and character builds. So go check out the Music D20 project at patreon.com slash musicd20. One last thing before we get you back to the episode, I want to give you all a heads up that I will personally be taking a step back from the podcast within the next few days until the end of August. Only until the end of August, not permanently, for some upcoming life events. We hope to get you another episode on August 25th, but in all fairness, that might get backed up into September. As always, we'll keep you up to date on social media, but I just didn't want any of you wonderful listeners to get scared. Now, let's find out more about this circlet jet tore off the Alistair chandelier, especially since there appears to be a hidden message. To all of you listening, stay safe, be well, and without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When that starts glowing, I'm just going to start clapping my hands and jumping up and down. But since I'm just, my pants off, it's just going to be flapping in the wind. <laughs> um, Hexor says, we should finish up soon. That man is starting to get on my nerves. You did that to him. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of your fault. <laughs> and also when, when the ring lights up, I want to be, be like, it's the one ring to rule them all. Quick, find Dumbledore. We have to take it to the Lava Mountain. <laughs> Who is Dumbledore? Dalvia, listen, don't get the off topic wizard, here. The greatest wizard <laughs> of them all. Dalvia, listen, you said that you've seen us in plenty of visions. Creep. You know somewhat of our involvement, how this is all tying back to Helleros, and there's a lot of mystical things going on here, obviously coming from a higher power. And our whole goal here is to save the world, but really my main goal is to kill the demon that slaughtered my family. Um, so I re-explain the story about how my family was slaughtered in grave detail. Um, but obviously we would not go through all of this trouble to get to this one location if this was not all true. And I, I'm at this point completely open. I will tell every single truth about everything because I trust this woman. She, uh, she says, Very well, Brixius. I understand that 
what you're saying is true, but I'm telling you that this circlet is not what you say it is. Why would you think that it is what you say that it is? That's a phenomenal question. Instincts? And my instincts do not lie. Do you all tieflings know each other? Abe, do you... Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! I didn't know... <laughs> I've, wow. I've seen tiefling teleportation. I didn't know if wow. all tieflings just knew each other. Abe's not even going to respond to that. He's just going to be like, wow. <laughs> if oh, there was on. a more racist statement that I have ever heard, I cannot think of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I ask is... That is that more racist statement? <laughs> Brothian, don't say that. <laughs> Guys, close your ears. <laughs> Brixius is fluent in feeble-mindedness. <laughs> I want to walk to the back of my cell, just like at the corner, and just like be shaking my head, just like staring at the wall. So I mean, nothing from the Avatar. All old people know each other. Why wouldn't all tieflings know each other? I'm guessing by your guys' reaction, the answer might be no. However, no, he's like, no, we do know each other, but why would you assume? <laughs> One of the reasons I bring this up is because there is another tiefling who is also after the same item, who's trying to use it for the purposes of evil, whereas we're trying to use it to save the world and kill a demon. So... Which tiefling is after it for evil? Caxius. Yeah, Cock and Balsius. Oh, yeah, that's right. Come on, Paul, learn your campaign. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were referring to Zawadski, and I'm like, he's definitely not a tiefling. So there is a time-sensitive manner for us to find that location, and we know that it is in this city and around this general area is where it was last seen because we had this flashback and I go back to the very beginning and I explain everything again up through the flashback this time and I mention how Ambi and Ice have left that detail out of his story but to say how we went back to the days of Riley Bevden and I go into grave detail about all of this as well about our flashbacks about the city about the area about every single last detail that happened and bring it all the way back to where we are today and why we would think that it would be this circlet in this manner. Uh, Dalvia nods in understanding and says, Well, that definitely sheds a little bit more light on the subject, but the cave that you visited in the, in the past has l been long gone. After the demon apocalypse, the city was slowly expanded, and that particular cave where our house has been built was part of the Royal Scribe Hall. Parmar led the royal scribes, and once he passed and the scribes were absorbed into other portions of the government, this property became ours. And it's a very, very important place to live within the city because we have direct access to the castle. Right. So, based on everything you're saying, and your knowledge and history of this city as one of the oldest families in the city... Where would you say an item like this might have gone to? Because now I think that you're kind of involved with this as we are, because otherwise the world ends, and it seems like you could be a lot of help. And pretty much, you know everything that the Dungeon Master knows at this point about this entire campaign <laughs> from beginning to end, based on our perspective, and you probably know a little bit more because you know the history here, so you can be a very valuable asset to our team. I can't speak to where your circlet may have gone, but... I can offer you this to inspect. And she goes to hand it through the bars and Hexor steps in the way and goes, Delvia, no, we can't just give them one of our family heirlooms. Hexor, quit being a cock block. 
Family heirloom? I thought this was just a circle that was on your chandelier. It was there because it has been passed down through our family for years and years. Listen, if it is not what we think it is, I will return it to you. How does that sound? And if it is what I think it is, then it's going to save the world. So, he strokes his chin and goes, Well, that seems fair. After all, you are locked in a cell. My entire fist is now in my mouth. <laughs> I love this new protein. Hexor, I like you and what you did to my friend over here. You're saving a lot of people this way. <laughs> um, he, he nods to you, then he nods to Dalvia, and Dalvia hands over the circlet to you. Give me an investigation check. Okay, perfect. And before Delvia hands it over, I'd like to go ahead and make this statement, though. It is in your best interest to not give it to Jet either, as your vision told you it's not good for him to have it. But then I go back to the very beginning about when I was born and go through and tell the entire story, bringing it up to Jet has a demon inside of him, and I Whoa. stop after that part of the story. But we're all, everyone else is cool. Don't give it to Prothean either because it doesn't seem like he's all there. He's just going to um, eat it. Yeah, he might uh, He might choke on it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the small objects he might choke on. We got to be careful of those now. And Jet, we're still on edge with him. So, no, just no, so no. you know. No, I've been completely honest. She knows everything. He's, he's just a bad boss, if you want to be completely honest here. And he doesn't like me. You said investigation. I mean, that's also true. I'm but... as normal as it gets. <laughs> yes, investigation. And... As all of this is being said, Hexor whips his head around at Jet and goes, You have a demon inside of you. No, I don't. Yeah, do you need <laughs> me to repeat my story? So, listen, I was born with my brother no, in our village. I've heard your story <laughs> enough. I want to hear the story from your friend. Well, he'll okay, deny so it. Our family was slaughtered by demons. I okay? said enough, or should I feeble-mind you, too? <laughs> it might correct his eyes. <laughs> They just go farther and, like, you can't see the pupils anymore. <laughs> Jet, explain yourself. Okay, so you see, I was dropped off on the doorstep of this temple when I was a kid. <laughs> so really, I don't know where I'm coming from. I'm just some orphan here. But, no, I feel fine. Do I seem like, yeah, did you not hear any of these stories? Like, I'm... Yeah, my part of the story when it came up and we were in and his tattoo was on his back and there was this fog going around and he had that weird voice. And yeah, did you not listen to that part of the story? You need me to start over? I just got in with a bad crowd, but I've got it under control now. Well, if he is somewhat compromised, then perhaps we should tell the clergy about him. I don't know who clergy is. When uh, I hear clergy, I start like getting really excited and just jumping up and down <laughs> clapping again. Wait, do you know Boeing? We do not know any person by the name of Boeing, but as I said before, our family manor is connected directly to the castle, and we have the ear of both the king and the clergy, the men of faith who... I saw jumping again when I hear clergy. <laughs> ...who lead Trugala in worshipping Helleros. I look really angry now. Yeah, I saw uh, peeing. Here's a tip about Prothean. It seems like he really likes the word clergy, but do not mention the H Helleros word around him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to try to spell it out, but Brixies can't. Um, no, trust me. I mean, definitely getting some of your religious people might might be good with this situation because I really, we have this demon named Forlyris to kill. He killed our family, if you didn't hear. Um, 
Uh, they they might be good in conversation, but as far as Jet goes, we've had him under control because he has low HPs, and I've had me under control because I went through <laughs> my training, and he trained, so we're okay with him right now. But I'm just letting you know, don't give him the ring. That's that's all. Everything else is cool with him. I'm gonna sit down and stop playing the puddle I made. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna roll that investigation check. All right, seventeen. That's a very good investigation check. Considering I have a plus zero modifier, I'll take it. So. You read the inside, and you can see that the inscription says, <laughs> what? I can read? <laughs> this is a big step for me. <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Uh, you can make out certain words. You can make out the word save. You can make out the word Helleros, because you've seen that a lot. And you always see it in conjunction with the five faces, so you know what that word means, even if you can't necessarily pronounce it. You can read the word move, and then looking on the exterior of the band, you can see that there are a bunch of pictograms. They almost seem to be as if it were a sentence. Do I see him, like, staring blankly at this thing and, like, slowly (laughs) mouthing words out? (laughs) Like, very slowly, like, hammer uh, bottom. I'm uh, I'm following uh, along uh, with my uh, finger, like, (laughs) under each letter. Hello. Fighting Jim. <laughs> Fighting Jim. Demonstration. Yeah, I think you would notice that. <laughs> I would walk up and be like, hey, uh... Well, you're in different cells, so... Well, we're, like, next to each other, right? Not quite. You're, you're caddy corner because they're, they're um, solid walls in between each of the cells, so you can see him through your cell door. Can I, like, reach my hand out my bars and, like, reach over to where he is? Am I close enough to do that? You can be like a baby and just be like, give me. Oh, I can, I can move yeah, it over I with wanna, the mage hand. I want to do that and be like, here, uh, looks like there's a smudge on there covering some of those words up. Uh, let me clean that off for you. Is Ambionitis <laughs> cell nearby me? Yes, he is right next to you. Okay. Ambionitis, do you still have that heart or soul? That what What is supposed to happen when we combine this with our other component item? Do we really know? Wait, what? No, I don't. I don't think we do. Well, I was just gonna say, if you have it, the best way to test if this is the right thing is I can just give it to you, and you can put them together. Yep. Does anybody have an objection to really testing it this way? I kind of well, do. If these revolt in, you know, like demon apocalypse bullshit. Wait, uh, quick question about feeble mind. You said I'm not able to cast spells. You can't cast spells, and technically, you can't understand language. But what you've been doing is funny. <laughs> Uh, I was going to use um, Bind Steed and like call my war bear so I can cuddle with something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know if he's been understanding the language. He's just been hearing sounds that he likes and gets excited or angry. <laughs> and he doesn't know why he gets excited or angry, but he does. Eric, I never. You're playing this role so much better <laughs> than I would have anticipated. <laughs> my pants are still off, by the way, and I'm playing a puddle of my own piss. Brother, can you. Can you help me read this a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I want to walk over to the cell door closest to him and talk to him in Abyssal and say, yeah, let me see it. Oh, wait, Abe can speak Abyssal too. Read it out loud. Because Abe might be very helpful because he pays attention. Okay. <laughs> and Dalvi also says, I can also speak Abyssal. Oh, shit, that's right. Mm. Well, yeah, all tieflings can speak Abyssal. <laughs> Just like we all know each other. <laughs> You sack of shit. <laughs> Abe, 
<laughs> but Haxor says, if you wouldn't mind not speaking in Abyssal, I don't understand that language. All right, well, that's because so, you're stupid. I, I, I say sorry. Uh, I say sorry to him in Abyssal. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> sorry, I don't speak anime. <laughs> All right, so are you trying to read this circlet now? Not trying to. I, I say, here, let me see it. Yeah, just read it out loud. I mean... And then I read it out loud. On the interior, you can see that it says, To save the world, the pieces split. Helleros has hidden the true circle's gift. Well, that's oddly specific. Do I still have the uh, diamond? It's on your inventory sheet? Um, they took your weapons from you. Uh, I guess they would have, they would have also taken your packs. Well, you had it keistered, so. But I also, yeah, I had it keistered or in my pocket. Well, you reach into your pocket and it's not there. Hmm. I want to turn and look at Jet and be like, Jet? <laughs> what? Do, uh, you have that gem? What? It sounds the, like uh, Dalvia would have taken it when they, whatever. Do you, uh, you have that, that gem, you know, that we've been carting around for a bit? It's like, it's like, I have it, but I'd prefer you not to watch this. And I just pull down my pants and... <laughs> <laughs> so why does Jet... Jet I want to look him you... dead in the eyes while he's doing that. <laughs> why does Jet have it? And when did he get it? <laughs> and what check did he make? I just woke up with it. I don't know. Been carrying around because I knew it was important. Well, this isn't AIDS. You don't just wake up with it. <laughs> you do an action to get it. An action would have had been taken, and since he was stealing it from Ambionitis, there would have had been a check where they go against each other. Which there actually absolutely was a couple episodes ago. There, there was. What did he do? Like a sleight of hand check? Mm-hmm. Okay. When? And did Ambionitis get to do a perception check to see if it beat the modifier? He definitely did. When? Like three, two, three episodes ago? Yeah. It was like at the end. We didn't tell you what it was for or anything. We're just like, hey, roll a dice real quick. I had you do it, and it's in the it's in the episode, too. Okay. As Called long it. As... <laughs> Called it last episode. <laughs> All right, Jet, we're going to need that. I mean, yeah, we need it. That's why you, I uh, have it. rinse it off a bit. What do we need it for? <laughs> Give it here so we can combine them. We don't want to do that. You don't want to. I do. We got to see if this is a real thing. We were just told if that happens, then bad things happen. No, if you have it, bad things happen. That's why we need to get it back. Hexor, can oh, you do me oh, a favor oh, and can okay. you shatter Jet's mind? <laughs> okay, okay. So, so if so if I combine them, it's, it's world ending. But if you combine them, then it's yes, okay. because you have a demon inside of you, who that's part of your own soul that you're holding in a way. And if you get all the power, you're gonna end the world because you're a bad god. I'm not a bad guy. So, Hexor, either shatter his mind, or you can take that axe you took out of my pocket, and that should paralyze him, and we can get that that gem. Uh, we, we've already been over this story about why Jet shouldn't have it. Nobody thinks that Jet should have this, so can we please get it back? Dalvia says, well, I, getting it from him, that's, that's fine, but I don't think it would be wise to combine the two right now. And anyways, see, I'm the only sane-minded individual here. Yeah, the ring kind of says don't combine them. Didn't you just read the circlet aloud and it said that the circlet had been hidden? No, it said two pieces have been split, and that could have easily been the diamond with the ring as two separate pieces. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I'm not the smart one in the group. 
I am. <laughs> well, I am very smart, not to toot my own horn, but I am. And I'm telling you, it sounds like that's not the true circlet, that it's a, a marker. Well, there's only one way to find out. Yeah, so my, my biggest thing is, if it isn't, then nothing's going to happen if if everything's aligning. This is just A-B testing. Well, we're going to see what happens. And if it is, well, we cheated our way to the end game now, didn't we? <laughs> if it is, then we win, and we were right. And then we can go fight the demon I've been trying to do since I was born, pretty much. Very well. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> How about I combine the two? That way... There is no subterfuge or miscommunication. Um, yeah, I guess that wouldn't be an issue. My my biggest concern with that is, if it is what we all believe it to be, do you want to be that involved? Worry not. I am a very powerful wizard. Right, as well as the captain in Star Trek. Anyways... If you had to uh, rate yourself as a wizard on a scale of 1 to 20, where would you put yourself? I would put myself at a 19. Oh. Uh, see, we needed a 20 for this one. <laughs> but my sister, she tends to be a little bit smarter than me, much to my chagrin. All right, Goku, listen here. I'm going to throw the circlet, um... Pretending like I'm going to throw it through the cell door, but really I'm throwing it like a frisbee so it doesn't fit through the thing. How big is a circlet? I need a diameter. Uh, large enough to fit around a person's head. So it's seven, eight inches in diameter. So it won't fit through the cell bars, right? Like sideways? No. Okay, I do that for like five minutes. <laughs> Act like I'm trying to hand it to him. Yeah, Dalvia holds out her hand. I purposely avoid her hand. She sticks her hand in between the cell bars, catches it, turns it sideways, and then pulls it through. She's quick. She's, she's good, but... Didn't even have to make a roll. She's a 20. And Hexor, meanwhile, is over at Jet's cell and says, All right, hand me this black diamond. I'm going to have a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stare at him for a little bit kind of fiddling with this in my hands and then I just say okay but be careful with this it's very powerful and I hand it over he takes it in hand and did you ever clean it off he he snaps his finger <laughs> and uh, prestidigitizes it clean he and uh, Dalvia step towards the center of the room and they go to touch the two pieces together and just as they're about to touch, the door to the room slams open. They quickly pocket the two items, and in marches the um, the guy who had originally pointed Jet out, the boisterous man with the with the ruddy face and the badges of military ranking on his chest. He marches in, and you can see another tiefling who is very big and broad, and he glares at. Dalvian, Hexor, you can see a resemblance. They have the same uh, skin tone and the same muted horns. They must know each other. And he <laughs> crosses his arms and shakes his head at them. And then in walk, three dragonborn. One is white, one is green, and they are wearing uh, long white robes 
that are embroidered with different colored threads all up and down the sleeves. And you can see the five faces of Helleros uh, embroidered on their chest. And then the last dragonborn is blue. And he is the tallest of the three. Instead of having an embroidered Helleros on his robes, you can see that the edges of his sleeves are embroidered gold. And he wears a giant golden pendant with the five faces of Helleros. And you recognize that this dragonborn is Zawadzki. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Shit. I recognize you from the bubble. Hi, buddy. <laughs> bubble buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, am I going to be like feel minded for the rest of the campaign? Yes. <laughs> Most likely. No. You know us as good and you can fight people to protect us because you love us. <laughs> His war He's going to get out of the cage and just immediately kill all of us. <laughs> His battle cry just sounds like Chewbacca. <laughs> Yeah, for like half this episode, I've been straight shirt cocking it. Shirt cocking. Yeah, like no, not wearing any pants or anything. Like dick just flying in the breeze, just wearing a t- my shirt still. <sighs> like if you took your skirt off. Yeah, I was gonna say shirt cocking. I wasn't good with that verbiage, but okay. I would, I, I would have gone know. with Donald yeah, ducking it. No, I, they said they even use that phrase in Deadpool too. You never shirt cocked it before. It's not familiar with the word, but never I've had done a it good before. shirt cocking. You learn something new every day. Never Donald ducked yourself. There's nothing uglier than a man in nothing but a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you learned something today, if you enjoyed what you heard, head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating and review. We would love to hear from you, and your review will get read on the air. If you would like to keep in touch with us personally, you can reach out on social media at Death Saving Bros via Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, or Instagram. I am personally available on Twitter at HPCamper and at HPCamper.14 on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Benfro15. You can find me at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. And if you want to talk to me, call my phone number. It is 775-246-9901. Ask for a great time. It's a dangerous game you're playing. Eight six seven five three zero nine. No, this is a real phone number. Call it. And if you want to talk to me for some godforsaken reason, go to Reddit at Death Saving Bros. And you can find me on the PlayStation Network as Fat F A T T Dash Smith. Or on the Enterprise, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and to all those of you who are listening in your car, in your home, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Belly of the Beast Ambient, Dual Compulsion Ambient, Forbidden Texts, In Corridors of Yore, Midnight in the Ashen Grove, and Shadow Puppets are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. This track is used with permission, all rights reserved.
the Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.